podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast, Pod Two Ninety Eight. Three creeping towards that three hundred. Gentle cheer there. <laughs> three. Uh, I'm Jim Daly. Joining me on the pod this week, Mr. Adam Sells. How are you? Oh, top of the world. Of course, world. of course. And delighted to say, making his pod debut, it's comedian and podcast host himself, <laughs> Mr. James Gill. James, how are you? Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm apprehensive. I was very excited to be asked on this podcast, and then I listened to some previous episodes. Can I swear? I can't swear on this podcast. Yeah, I can bleep it out. And I shat myself, because <laughs> your forensic level of knowledge of uh, all things current scared me to death. So my, so I was the... Uh, I was a Croydon advertiser's Crystal Palace man from 2002 to 2005. So I, my knowledge of that very niche, <laughs> that very niche window is pretty decent. But uh, Can we just do a pod on that on that time? Selzy, you'd obviously be up to, <laughs> up to speed with that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I, I mean, I have very fond memories because I used to do the player ratings. And yeah. they, I mean, you know, as well as I do, they never went down very well on them. <laughs> they the, don't generally. Was it, the do B, it was the B, BBS, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Is that still a thing? Still, still a thing. Going, still yeah, a thing. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. We get quite a lot of abuse on there. <laughs> La- shout you. out to the, the, the decent people on the BBS, of which there are some. I, I know. I, I, I don't <laughs> miss checking the BBS to see. There, there were some really lovely people on there. Yeah. When I, when I left They're the advertiser, are. some of the. Um, my voice wavered with emotion there. Some of the some of the messages when I left were, were honestly were, were genuinely uh, really lovely. But when you were doing the play ratings, you you can't win. And also, maybe I, I'm such a I am such a softy. But because I was at the training ground a couple of times a week, and I've got to know all the players personally, I will I will hold my hands up. Very very. I'm doing it now. Listen, I'm holding both my hands up. Maybe I was a bit too soft with the play ratings because I I did have a relationship with. Mm. Those guys, and I'd got that. The thing is, that squad, and again, Selzy, I think you'll back me up on this. That squad, the one that went from Francis to Kemba to Simons to Dowie, oh, there were so many, there were so many lovely, blind nice people. In they there, were just they? the nicest people, <laughs> and I, I cared for them so. This is why I, I probably wasn't a very good journalist because I, <laughs> I cared for them so much on a human level, and so the thought of like putting anyone to the sword if they if they'd had a bad game, it just wasn't in my. Well, because you might see them next week, and it, it was more than that because I, I really, I really cared about these people. I was once, oh god. I probably need to be careful here. Let's say I was once encouraged to write a certain piece that was negative about someone at the club. And just because I enjoy sleeping at night, I I couldn't... (laughs) 
couldn't bring myself to do it, even though. I wonder what was coming. I thought it was George <laughs> leaving with him at night. I wonder what was coming. That's next. another podcast. Uh, yeah, <laughs> different podcast story. Like. So, no. who, who was the who was the nicest player then that you dealt with? Wow, wowie! That, what a great question. Um, there were so many. Uh, uh, Danny Butterfield would be right. He's a nice, he is a nice guy. And the thing yeah. with Danny Butterfield is. He was, and I'm so, sorry, I've turned this into a retro episode. <laughs> no, it's already. great. Uh, Danny Butterfield, he should have been a, a TV presenter because he was so naturally funny. Uh, I'm not saying he would have done the comedy circuit, which yeah. takes years and years and years, but something like Soccer AM, if, if, and, I've, and I've put this to other players since, and I've said, do you, don't you think Danny Butterfield would have been a great TV presenter? And, and there is total agreement. Just such a naturally funny guy. He always made you laugh. I know Ian Dowie was really fond of him. Because I think every squad, every successful squad, probably needs a bit of a joker in the yeah. pack. And when I say joker in the pack, I don't mean like Colin Hunt from the Fast Show, you know, <laughs> where, the, where the joker's actually not funny and annoying. I mean, someone who's genuinely yeah. really funny. And what Danny Butterfield did, I think he helps. I'm, nearly, I'm genuinely nearly crying remembering how much I love Danny <laughs> this Butterfield. Is a, this is a different pub, but I'm loving it. He would, he would unite the whole squad. And you'd, you'd say I would interview someone like Michael Hughes and I'd mention Butterfield. And you'd get like this yeah. wistful... <laughs> You know, <laughs> we should get uh, try and get Butterfield on the pod. Yeah, he's a assistant manager of MK Dons now, first team Is he? coach. Yeah, there you go. He, um, they were a really good group of lads there. That he and the core of the people, Boyce. He, uh, well, they went through a lot. They, that squad went uh, through a lot. Would AJ was actually very shy as much well, as the, he was uh, the, the the sort of top man. He's yeah. actually quite a shy fellow, really. The, the core of that group, Michael Hughes' core. Uh, if I had hair on my head, it would be, it would be my head, hairs on my neck would be standing up. They are on my arm because I just remembered Michael Hughes called that core four the four musketeers, and that was Andy Johnson, Sean Derry, uh, Ben Watson, mm-hmm. and Danny Butterfield. Ben Watson, yeah. And the four of them were thick as thieves. And there was one game, I think it was Cardiff away, and they they set each other a dare. And if it was two versus two, and this, this was the this was the punishment for each player. If AJ lost, he wasn't allowed to cut his hair for the rest of the season. <laughs> and the gag there is that it would have grown out all patchy. bit like myself, yeah. it, it would grow out all patchy and, and weird. Danny Butterfield wasn't allowed to cut his hair. Spoiler, he lost. Yes, which is why he I remember that. Brown. Uh, ben Watson Brown. lost. He shaved his head. And I think I think Derry, I think he was allowed to have a shave. Well, Derry had that mullet at one point, didn't he? That's right. Um, he did. He did yeah. rock a mullet. I'm sure they were. I tried to copy like, it at one point as well. Uh, you know what? I think <laughs> yeah. I, I did. your hero. Didn't work. Well, he's back at the club, he is, isn't yeah. he? So, he's a great human being as well, isn't he? He is a great human being, yeah. Do you know what? Well, I could talk about early 2000s Palace all day long, but we do have to crack on with, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, current day Palace. We'll dip into it later on in the pod, that was nice. Um, get on Misty Eyed I'm sorry, Jim. Yeah, I love it. So, um, so, Gillies reminded me of my life back then, what was that, 15 years ago? Yeah. My home used to be the Crystal Palace Hostel or come hotel, come midweek, because most of them live far away, all the staff, and I ended up sometimes on a Thursday night having four or five of them sleeping around at my place. Oh, my you know? gosh. Yeah. Oh Sofas, my beds. That is a TV show I would love to see. Sells Hotel. It was. Sells it. May I ask who was your... And I'm, I'm so sorry. Who, who was your favourite on, on a human level? <sighs> oh. Bob Bob always used to leave twenty quid on the side for the cleaner. Bob down before he left in, in the morning. We had Louis there. Wonder Gary where that there, was going. Paul, 
leave 20 quid. I'm oh so glad God. that took a family-friendly no, no, twist no, at no, the no, end. No, he, used to, he used to say, <laughs> if I'm staying there, I'll have to pay for the cleaner. Oh, lovely. So every time he left, he'd always leave money for the cleaner on the side when she came the next nice. morning. That is absolutely lovely. Him, we should do more retro pods. I think, yeah. I think in the future we'll book in retro pods. That's lovely. Now, listen, we start the pod by uh, talking about five-star reviews. People are leaving us five-star reviews on Twitter, and we absolutely love all our listeners that do this. It helps us get seen by other people. So, Mingazinho, <laughs> Mingazinho, Mingazinho, great name, um, has put podcasting at its mid-table best. Jesus, wet. <laughs> Love that. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> it gets better. It gets right. better. Oh, oh, oh. From a Johnny Foreigner Palace fan since 2012-13, since I moved to this country, glory hunting, looking for atmosphere and affordable ticket prices. This, <laughs> this so, pod- many, so many digs in this. I was going to say the glory hunting bit didn't quite work. <laughs> there's, a, there, did there's a lot of backhanded compliments. Yeah, backhanded compliments. Yeah. This podcast has become a pillar of my football podcast lineup. Came to it, tried... Uh, uh, Tried of the tired of the lack of content from mainstream casts. I haven't told them to write this, by the way. I eventually subscribed <laughs> for the insight, the rants, the banter, the surprisingly acute conversations about race and young players coming from middle-aged white men. There's so many fat kind of compliments in this. Um, I stand for that type of free weekly content by giving it a five-star review. Thank you. That is a lovely review. And then Stingray001 has kept it much more simple. They've put, for all your Palace podcast needs, listen to the FYP podcast. I certainly will. Nice. A little nod to our old sponsors there. there. Uh, we're going to shout out one of our patrons. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go on. This week's shout out is for me, is it? Charlie Sullivan. Hi, Charlie. Who actually Thank you very much recently joined the Jason Punch and Tear, which of course we know is the WhatsApp club. So you can get involved in our WhatsApp club. Lots of interesting chat going on in there. And I met Charlie on the train to Spurs at the weekend as well. So there you go. Is that why you Charlie nice? Chat, huh? He's a very nice guy. Good. What a twist that would have been. <laughs> Horrible. And he left me 20 quid yeah. by the side of my bed. <laughs> right. Oh, nice. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Is that okay. for the cleaner? Uh, yeah. Let's oh. say, yeah. Uh, so, erasures and questions. Um, specifically about... <laughs> well, let's talk about Spurs at the weekend. So, we were there at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What was the stadium like? It's very nice. Is it, is it breathtaking? It is. It's like a spaceship. Yeah. It is huge. Actually, the way end is really nice because they've got the rail seating. So they've got loads of leg room and the rails in front. So everyone stands, but of course it's safe and you can lean on, lean on the seat behind you, lean forward. It's really nice. Next level away end. Unfortunately, Palace's performance tells you was not next level. It was, it was very poor, wasn't it? And we talked in the post-match pods trying to put our finger on what, what went wrong. And actually, there isn't really one particular thing. It was kind of an amalgamation of... Rubbishness, wasn't it? Yeah, I had a chance to... I, I decided to uh, avoid it on Saturday night and um, had a look uh, last night instead at the game in a bit more detail and uh, and the goals we conceded and stuff. And, um, you know, certainly we... You know, I used the word uncharacteristic afterwards on Saturday when we were talking on the um, patron pod and... Um, it certainly was. I mean, what became apparent was that um, looking at the goals last night was the what was uncharacteristic is our our midfield five, if you like, if you're including Wilfred and Andros Townsend, who defended as as very in a five, if you like, out of possession. Um, Son Eriksson and Lamella managed to find themselves constantly between our back four and the midfield, the blanket five across midfield. So every time they're able to thread a ball through there, then suddenly they're turning and facing us 
and causing us problems, which is exactly what happened. Even on the first goal, um, which a very rusty Sacco uh, mm, missed, sure. unfortunately, um, that was actually on again then, although that wasn't, uh, it was a long ball that caught him out. But the more you were looking at it, it was having seen it from a higher vantage point and been able to get a better look at it all. There were some pretty, um, yeah. Well, I use the word uncharacteristic, and I think that's probably about right. It was, yeah. It was a very unlike Roy Hodgson yeah. Palace performance, and I don't think. Well, I'd be certain that Roy wouldn't have uh, set them out any differently in terms of um, sitting deep and being compact against um, that kind of opposition, and certainly wouldn't have enjoyed the amount of room that we gave those guys in between and um, they got between the lines caused us a lot of problems and you know well, we, I, mean, I mean we caught them on they obviously James been through a bit of a rough patch recently lost sure. at home to Newcastle yeah. threw away the lead against Arsenal in, in the North London derby I was a bit worried that actually this would be the game that they turned it on and they did and we caught them on a good day and they caught us on a rare bad day I was going to say because Chloe last week was who was brilliant but she also described herself as a pessimist and I'm, as Salesy will remember from the way I used to write about Palace, I'm the optimist. <laughs> okay. Um, so as, great. As the eternal optimist, I, I mean, I just felt it was a case, and I'd, I'm, not, I'm not being anti-Palace when I say this, just a case that Tottenham were really good, weren't they? I mean, so, I mean, Son, mm. when he when he's on that sort of form, the guy, I mean, the guy's an absolute world beater. Especially against Palace. Yeah, knowing the size, that's right, he does. But so that's, I mean, that's sort of a statistical fact, isn't it? That certain yeah. players have teams, they, you know, psychologically, they just Yeah, end up, I think so. And I, and I guess... We are that, and, and also it wasn't. It was, it was the sort of game that on the fixed list, no one would have expected us to be looking at it and thinking, "Well, that's a guaranteed three points." In in a way that the three points at Old Trafford were a bonus as well, and, and a wonderful bonus. So of course, I missed it. Um, but it, it's more the manner of the defeat. Like we never get smashed under Roy, and to let in four goals so quickly, but I, it's I, such shell shock, isn't it? it? Well, yes, but again, if I can put that positive, <laughs> if I can put that positive spin on. I I do always think that it's better to walk away. Had a, having an had an absolute hiding rather than walking away thinking, God, gee whiz, what could have been? Mm. And so there's absolutely there's not a scintilla of a feeling of oh, we we really could have nicked something out of that. So yeah, maybe true. it's just a case of just you know you dust yourself down. You, you again, you hold your hands up, you've taken your pasting, and then you, you move on. To yeah, I've actually got a question about that from one of our patrons, Duncan Annis. Right, Duncan. Um, Duncan Annis. Do you know him? No. <laughs> <laughs> you meet him on the train, mate. He's getting very high-brow. <laughs> um, he's got a question. He's got two, actually. One, the both One's for you, Selzy, but this one says, after the euphoria of the European tour following August's great results, <laughs> I may have mentioned Champions League a few times pre-game, <laughs> we came back to earth with a bump on Saturday. Do the pod feel this was a one-off bad day at the office, symptomatic of more worrying weakness in the squad, or wait for it, typical Palace? <laughs> I'd, I'd say it's a bad day in the office. A one-off, I, absolutely, yeah, a one-off. I think I think they'll be absolutely fine. We've got some big games coming up, haven't we, at home? Yes. And actually, you, you think if they're going to take a pasting at one point that they might learn from, maybe it's this one. And, and if we go into the next two home games, Celtic and win those against Wolves and Norwich, people will kind of probably forget this one. Well, there's a couple of things: the lack of intensity that we displayed on Saturday is concerning. You're and, right, and, there, and there was no intensity. What was that, that all about? That, that was weird. That wasn't was. It? I'm saying to you, we just—it's not us, is it? Yeah. Really, you know. Yeah. You, it's one thing being beaten, and I accept uh, 
as as Gilly just said there, sometimes it's easier to just walk away and say, oh, we were beaten by the better side, which we were. Yeah. But it was a combination of Tottenham being on a good day, a lack of intensity from us. I think they got Mamadou Sacco at the right time yeah, as well. Yes. Again, having watched it back, I didn't realise when I'm sitting there seeing the game that how sort of off the pace he was really. And uh, the one where he got caught in the second half and Son went by him and he tried to chip uh, Vicente Guaita and hit the side netting. He was he was running in quicksand then, I think, to be honest. He, he looked well off the pace, but... We didn't Scott, have many other options though because Tompkins no, was on the bench but I don't think he was fit, no, was he? Scott Dan has this problem with his hand or wrist or whatever it is at the moment. and um, Well, he's not going in goal. And I'm... Um, I think uh, MacArthur had uh, well that that was sort of you know one question you might ask to be honest but the uh, I think MacArthur had a neck problem like a spasm in his neck or something so um, you know we I, my my slight concern is was it just a bad day at the office but Sheffield United was a bad day at the office and again a very uncharacteristic yeah performance and you know I, I've sort of said to you on Saturday that you know I'm quite concerned a little bit about where it's all going at the moment not not with Roy in terms of his capability and stuff like that and I just think as I said at the weekend you know the direction for me is a little bit of a concern you know we've 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 not strengthened in the way that we should have done during the summer and we've left ourselves very very open I mean um Patrick van Aanholt, for instance, had a lot of criticism for his performance on Saturday from from reading various bits online. And but your options again are quite limited there. You know, yeah. Wardy had a lot of criticism, but you you haven't got another right back. You know, I mean, I'm 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 a fan of Wardy's anyway. But what I would say to you is, you just because you don't have those options, it's very difficult to sort of shuffle the pack or say, you know, I really want to make some big changes here. You are limited, definitely. Yes. Let's get the let's get the positive spin on that. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the, the the positive and retro spin is that if if Aaron Wan-Bissaka is worth fifty million, then Peak Emerson Boyce would have been worth seven trillion pounds. <laughs> <laughs> what a name that Boyce, blast from the past yeah. that was. Um, yeah, I mean, we do we we absolutely do need to strengthen. But I I, I wondered why is it where because it is. I mean, sometimes the typical price criticism is as on Saturday they look like they'd all been out for a. A large meal beforehand. What what is that all about? When when a team lacks intensity, what? So a, a team that's that traditionally, traditionally plays, plays with it intensity. and is organised and intense. Is that they look like they'd had fish and chips at, <laughs> at eleven o'clock? Yeah. Why? why is that a men- mentality yeah, thing, Celsey? For sure, for sure. But you know, sometimes they've had the two weeks off. You know, and and not many yeah. of them actually went away, did they? I think Luca was away and. Not many. I think the all the African lads weren't away. Wilf came back, yeah. didn't he? Wilf didn't go, did he? I, yeah. I think that he he was not. So, but you can sometimes get this where training isn't in that usual pattern, and the days off that they have as a result, and things like that. It can, I, I you know, as Roy famously says all the time, footballers are not robots, and they're not, and and it does play a part and it, there's nothing more frustrating I think from a, from a coach or manager's perspective you know I, I know from my own experience when when I, were, when I was working with Gary for for those 10 seasons you know that you don't mind getting beaten we well, don't like getting beaten of course but you 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 want to see everyone give everything and 
you don't want to see people sort of letting themselves down because they're not quite at it. And mm. that's how I felt we were on Saturday. You know, I mean, I, we just weren't that sort of compact, difficult to play against. Especially as unit. away at Old Trafford we were, and we were very good against Villa. It is weird for us to have these kind of blips, isn't it? Although I still says... That is two in five games now with the Sheffield United game as well. But yet you do think, and again, here comes Mr. Positive, but you do think with Sellers rocking that Wolves and Norwich will be marked. If it is like it was against Villa, which was a, which was a one of the most fun home games I've had in recent years. It was so it was so much fun. So yeah. But by the way, I know you talked about it on the last pod, but that the Grealish incident, if he if he doesn't do that ridiculous midair body spasm that he does. But everyone does it now. All the players do it, don't they? It's like, you know, Klinsman used to do it as if like the, the spinal column's been <laughs> severed. But he, because I don't, I don't understand why that was, why so much was made of that incident when we can all see that he does that weird body twitch halfway yeah. down. Yeah. If, if he just goes down like any of us would go down, it's a penalty. I, just, I don't understand why that incident got so much attention given he did milk it like... You know, Jermaine Genus called it the worst decision you've yeah, ever seen. About this in the weekend. I, know, I, mean, I, was, I, I still think having seen it a few times and the referee was right. Yes, yeah, me too. Totally. Me too. I don't get what all the, what, you know, what all the fuss is. The re- anyway, yeah. That's actually fair play to him. He got, he got it bang on, stuck to his conviction. Totally. Didn't, didn't, couldn't go to VAR. It was the right decision. Anyway, um, after the break, we've got our part two, which is sponsored by The Athletic, and we'll be talking about a very specific... Hang policy. on a minute, Jim. I've heard about The Athletic... What's the deal? That, that <laughs> Excellent. Didn't even tell them to do that. Well, they can find out after the yes, break. Yes, Jim. <laughs> my brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to part two of the Five Year Plan podcast, 298. And part two, as ever, is sponsored by The Athletic. You a fan of The Athletic, James? Well, I've, I've heard so much about it, and I believe, I mean, I, I couldn't believe my ears, isn't there there's quite an amazing offer on at the moment, isn't there? There is, yeah. So obviously they've launched in the UK, they've signed a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based app and website, and they are completely ad-free. No ads, no pop-ups. Just brilliant articles. And you're right, there's a deal. If you go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Is that forward slash FYP? It is, yeah. Jim, I can't believe it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And each week, <laughs> you should get your more often, this is brilliant. Um, each week we're going to be discussing an article on there, and this week's article is about Wilfred Zaha. Before we, now, to, now I promise I'm not being paid by The Athletic. But the, the nicest man in journalism has joined there recently, hasn't he? Don, Don, Don Fifield. What, what a signing that is. That what is, a signing is. that is, yeah. That's like mistake. signing Wilfred Zaha, isn't it? That is like signing Wilfred Zaha. <laughs> I hope he's listening. Is that, I would say Check Dom, Dom the is the Wilfred please, Zaha of online what? journalism. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my neck on that and say, Dom is be- genuinely, Dom is better than Wilfred Zaha in journalism. I feel lucky to know Dom. I think he's, 
He's a he's a lovely human being. He's a brilliant writer, uh, and his insights on whatever he's writing is is always there. I think I I can't say. I think you're right. You're right. Actually, I think if I had to compare him to Palace player. Probably be Julian Speroni, I think. Yes. Yeah, oh my. Could be. be. Well liked. Nailed it. Respected top man. Knows his stuff. Anyway, enough from the Domcast this week. Can I ask if you two ever thought about doing advertising voiceovers (laughs) between the pair of you? If the money's right, then yes. (laughs) I'll do it regardless. (laughs) Right. Even if the money's wrong. This article, uh, the headline is uh, Zaha must prove he has the mentality elite clubs require after paying price for off-field distractions it's by Matt Woosnam I'm going to read you a quick section and then we can talk about it uh, it's a good article and right towards the end it says ultimately for all Zaha's talents he is still too easily affected by external factors and allows them to negatively influence his performances occasionally it can be used to his advantage as with Bournemouth on the final day of last season where he went from petulance to brilliance with a surging run to set, off town, set up Townsend for Palace's fifth goal but it proves more often than not to be a problem James are we seeing the best of Wilf at the moment it doesn't feel like it but the thing is and I'm not I'm not being against the the, the writer here we don't I mean, we don't know that external I mean it's a it's a punt isn't it we don't know that external factors are taking the toll on I mean there certainly have been a lot haven't there happening this summer with him obviously publicly saying he wanted to leave but I just felt, I just felt the piece was assuming that these things are fact when they're not it's just a hypothesis it's not like Wilf has come out and said, yes, I am being affected by this. Mm. So, yeah, I know that his form isn't peak Wilf, but I just felt that only Wilf really knows how Wilf feels. I, I, I felt it was, maybe I'm being too pro-Wilf here, I felt it was a little harsh on the lad to assume that this is the reason for him not being the Interesting, of course. And, and these are things we don't know because you yeah. know, this is a peep behind the curtain that we don't get. But, Selzy, do, do players get affected by the kind of transfer for all that was surrounding Wilf in the summer do, do their heads get turned or is it a case of when they cross the white line they're just sort of concentrating on the football well the game should be an escape whatever happens shouldn't it you should only be thinking but the stuff that can go on during the week can obviously you know make people you know it's human nature isn't it you know if I say to you you know you could be living here and doing this in two weeks time but you might be and you might not be your imagination does like that start That is literally to, my life, Selzy. Yeah. No, but your imagination does start to, oh, I wonder what it's like to live there or, you know, I wonder what they're going to be like or the manager's going to be like and so on. Wilf is a very emotional bloke, full stop. He always has been since he's a kid. But he's actually a really nice lad. He's not. A, he wouldn't be somebody I would describe as a, as a sort of nasty boy or anything like that. You know, he... He obviously lets his frustration get the better of him from time to time. But I think often when you have players that that are sort of borderline sort of genius, if you like, in the things that they can do with a ball and their drive and motivation, you know, that, you know, Ian Wright, who was a hugely popular player, obviously perhaps, you know, next to Wilf, the sort of best of the best that Crystal Palace have ever had. He played right on the line a lot of the time and he was aggressive and he wouldn't be averse to leaving his foot in here or there or doing something quite naughty when his frustration got the better of him um and I think a lot of the time those top players even you know like the Wayne Rooney's of this world they're you know sometimes they do that little bit of aggression or drive that that you know the line is just you know it's 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 a 
it's a very fine one to tread, isn't it? You know, so how, how do say, we keep them on? I was going to say, it also, de- it also depends on the individual. So, the, I mean, this is quite an extreme example, but if you remember Lee Bowyer and Jonathan Woodgate when they were in court. Yes. And now, on one hand, Jonathan Woodgate, allegedly, reportedly, was in no fit state to play football. He, you know, he, he just wasn't in the right headspace because it did appear that, yes, he was absolutely being impacted by these external factors, the, the pressure of the court case, perhaps. Meanwhile, Lee Bowyer was being taken to Ellen Road and playing arguably the greatest football. Of <laughs> I 100% agree. Do you remember? I think you're right. It I mean, it's, was, I mean, it's I mean, coming out of court and turning up and playing in Champions, Champions League, League games and stuff. Wow. It was unbelievable. Box to good. box, like, running the yeah. show while this court case was... And they're, they're incredible. in, they're in lies the that. escape, you see. I, I think the psychology of footballers is fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, having worked at close quarters and sort of got to understand, you know... One on the club side and two with my business as well. You see certain traits often in certain players and things that you know, especially with goalkeepers, they they tend to be generally quite calm fellas that take most things in their stride, and they have to because they're going to have plenty of ups and downs. And you know, I uh, James's point there is quite interesting for me because. You know, a lot of the kids that, that come into academies, and ours was no exception, they don't all come from incredible homes and households and a lot of them have their difficulties with their lives. Sure, yeah. And I think sometimes these lads, you see, they, whereas on one side their lives are not so easy and perhaps they lack sometimes... Uh, you know, disciplines or 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 guidance from from their parents or or what's happened. On the other side of it, football's sort of an escape because it's something they're good at, and their other problems disappear when they're on a football field. Whereas a lad that perhaps comes from a very stable background, I think his family life can be you know all very comfortable and right. And therefore, he'll think a lot about his football and it will concern him what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Well, some of the other lads, I don't think, that have that have a, have the opposite life can go on the pitch and it's mm-hmm. kind of where it all goes away and everything's great and everyone tells me I'm a good player and I can do this. And, uh, and I often find that players that overthink and think too much about situations, mistakes, you know, that they're the ones that get affected sometimes. I mean, the, the psychology of football mm. is remarkable. Oh, Everybody is so, so yeah. different. That's so, very much so... me at Sunday League. I definitely well... <laughs> overthink my Sunday League. Although I will say this Sunday, I did score left foot banger top corner with oh, my right. second touch after coming on. So It's not like you. All right, weekend for one of us. I, I once, um, so I was a sports writer for about 10 years. So I've been very lucky. I've, I've got to interview and meet some incredible people. And I'm with Salzy. The psychology of sport, and I, and I love listening to people talk about that aspect of the game. And... One person I chatted with was Matt Letissier, who for many people, yeah. like probably the, the neutrals, arguably the neutrals' most beloved yeah. Premier League player. You know, he says himself that when he he will go to away games and and t- I can't, he, there's not many players like this. He go to away games and opposing fans after he's retired will come up to him and shake his hand and say th- you know, like thank you for the memories that wow. sort of thing. But one thing he said is that whenever the pressure was on or you know whatever you think of pressure. He always thought this is my opportunity to show off, mm, and, that, yes. and and that mindset is 
perhaps part explains why he was such a genius. So if I, it's easy for me to say because I, I, I'm not as talented as Wilfred Zaha, but if Wilf is angling away for a move and if you want to put a positive spin on that, maybe this is maybe you should be thinking this is my chance to, mm. to show off, to remind the world that I on my day I'm one of the greatest players in the league. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't help us in the long term, but it does help us in the in the short term, doesn't but it? He does. You're right. He does. He gets frustrated, Wolf, doesn't he? Yeah, and there are some games where he absolutely, you know, Watford at home a couple of seasons ago, he absolutely used it to his advantage. Right. Sets up. But do you remember that? Goal. I mean, the yeah. Oh, the that was unbelievable. Was, was palpable, yeah. wasn't well, it? I think the fans were chanting his name. One moment in the first half, he was like gesturing to the away fans, and they yeah. just turned it into this brilliant performance. So, but I see what you're saying about psychology. It's not as easy as doing that and deciding, well, I'm going to do this now today. Sure. I um, think it's a stage for him, though, Joe. I think he is one, like Matt Letizier, as Gilly's talking there, he is a he is a lad that will go onto the pitch and see it as a stage. You know, I can this do is my, my chance. I can do my thing here. I'm I'm good at this. Well, do you remember yeah. the Matt Janssen interview that we talked about last week yeah. from yeah. the Athletic? And Great he was very episode. much the same. Yeah, and what an article that was. But he was as a kid so confident because he just wanted to show off each week. But after the accident happened, he lost all his confidence because he wasn't able to to show off in that way. So it was Fo- it's amazing how it can affect many, you. Many footballers are funny animals. One of the goalkeepers I deal with, um, I had this conversation with him the other day and he he recently joined a top club and I said to him, like, you are quite uh, <laughs> quite complex, really, in the sense that he's much more comfortable going into this environment playing football at a top club yep. than he is having a conversation with yep. a stranger in a room. And I said to him, what would you rather do? Talk to a fella that you don't know for 10 minutes and make polite conversation or go and play in front of 100,000 people <laughs> going goal and have the pressure. He said, I'd rather go and wow. have the pressure. And that's, and that's what I'm saying to you. The, the psychology, because that means he's comfortable there and he knows he's good at it and he can do it. And things that, that we would see perhaps as an everyday, that's no problem, we do that all day long, that's what we do. You know, other people find quite difficult, and likewise, perhaps as inexperienced football people, you might end up thinking, "Oh, got to go and do it in front of a hundred thousand people. I've never done it before. You know, I'm not this. I haven't done that." I know some people actually mainly because I'd be so bad that all the the clips would go viral, so I'd get famous from being the world's worst goalkeeper. (laughs) I mean, a lot of these sports stars that do strictly all these other shows, they say themselves that because. Football is what they do. It's where they thrive. It's where they're at the best. So it's natural for them, like Selzy says, to play in front of a hundred thousand. But to do the yeah. rumba, because yeah. that's not—it's not what you do. It's not in your DNA. It's not in your makeup. Yeah. So you're shaking like a leaf, you know. Yeah. Um, Interesting, isn't it? That's where. That's so, why I could talk about the psychology of football for hours. That's why these guys are the top guys, though, isn't it? No. That's, that's where and they, is it a case of them of the people with the right mentality ending up in football, or you play football from a young age and you develop that that mentality? I think I think bit, bit of both possibly of, yeah, yeah. Sort of nature you, and nurture, because when it? you're dealing in a football club dressing room with many different personalities you may you may approach people in a very different way mm. you know I, I, Wilfred as a youth team player I remember we were at Motspur Park at Fulham and I told him in the dressing room in front of all the players before the game you know you're playing our first team by the end of the season He's got those big eyes, and they were like on sticks, like coming out of his head, like a cartoon character. Sure. And as we went onto the pitch, he went, "Celsi, did, did you really mean that?" <laughs> he said to me as we went back out. And I said, "I know it, a hundred percent. I know it. I know, I'm telling you it because I mean it." But there will be other lads in there who 
didn't have a professional. I, I won't name the player, but an example: there was a lad in there who didn't have a professional contract at the same sort of time or just after, and you knew that he had the ability, but he lacked a little bit. He was he, the mindset. He was what I would yeah. say to you, holding a little bit back because he was frightened of failure. So he never quite let it go. He didn't quite express himself in the games. Mm. And you would you would say to this player, perhaps by reverse, have you got that pro contract yet? And he'd go, no. I'd go, well, got nothing to lose and everything to gain then, haven't you, from this situation? I'll say, and, and then you would try and find a way, perhaps, of bringing that out of the player. And what you'd say is, well, I'm going to make a deal with you now in front of all the lads here. Um if you let everything go and you express yourself for the rest of the season, you might just have a chance that you'll get something. Now, I'm not saying you will, but if you really let it go and show what you're about, then you might do it. But on the other side of it, if you carry on as you are, being a little bit too cautious and holding a bit back, I guarantee you definitely won't get it. So you haven't really got a choice, have you? Mm-hmm. So you... you and. You wouldn't have that conversation with a Wilfred, for instance, because you know it's all there and it's ready to come out and you just need to make him feel good and off he goes. You know, so, 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 Some of these guys need a life coach, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have access to these people, but they... Uh, the Kevin, club's not doing that more... I was going to say, Kevin, Be- Kevin Beattie at Ipswich is the yeah. name that often comes up, isn't it? I think Bobby Robson said, and he includes Gazza, I think the most naturally gifted player he ever worked with was Kevin Beattie at Ipswich. And everyone who played with Kevin Beattie said this guy had the lot apart from, as Sales is saying, that little bit of drive, that little bit of focus. um, It can be, it's just, we're all different. And funnily enough, when I used to talk, we, the the club chaplain who's still around, Chris Rowe, one day said to me, oh, I didn't realise you were a psychologist, Sales. I said, (laughs) I'm not. And he said to me, oh, I really enjoyed that. And I said, he said, where does it come from? I said, it comes from the fact that I wouldn't want anybody to feel like I used to sometimes sure. in a football club dressing room. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I'd, I'd play for a manager who once told me I couldn't possibly be as bad as I was last week. <laughs> Great. Reverse motivation. <laughs> which, yeah, which, you know, again, you see, he probably thought that was clever and the right thing to do, but it wasn't for me. <laughs> Is that not, that's part of the reason why we love, genuinely, it's why we love football, isn't it? For that, that mental side of things. I mean, some of the books that have been written about yeah. sport and about football are endlessly fascinating. Oh, well, I, I had um, Matthew Syed on a sure. podcast recently. Fascinating man. Yeah. Incredible insight into sport. Just quickly, um, yeah. was Wilf in the youth team when you were there reporting? Hmm, that's Just a missed great, that cut-off. That's a great uh, question. I'm not... 2000... But, the, but then I went to the... Yeah, I went to the ended up at the London paper. I was there for about three years. And I think he was... I think he's probably coming through around then because that's when... Yeah, yeah just broken yeah. through. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, this, that's been a fascinating chat, lads. And uh, you can read that article about Wilf and lots of other articles on Palace and every other football club in the Premier League and basically the world at The Athletic. And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you get a 30-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. After the break, we've got questions from our listeners.
It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast to ninety eight crazy times. Uh, it's question time from so, our listeners. By, by the way, does it feel like two hundred ninety eight episodes? No, not really. It's, sort of, it's been like ten years. Yeah, over ten years. Are you serious? Yeah, it was ten Huge years last October. Thanks, That's man. Incredible. It's crazy. Yeah, three hundred. Voice a lot. of the palace, like I keep telling you. Stop calling me. The voice of the palace. Do they get you involved on match day stuff? Do you, would you want to do more of that? Possibly. Um... I sound like, sorry, I sound like I'm trying to be your agent there. Can if you want. <laughs> Literally don't have one. If you, um, if you bring him a gig, Gilly, you'll be, any, <laughs> you'll be his friend for life. Yeah, I'll, give you, I'll literally give you 50%. Um, right. Uh, right, before we delve into questions from our listeners, we've got a couple from our patrons. Ready for some patron questions? We're patrons. ready. Uh, Nathan Jones. He's been said, gone too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't he be worrying about Stoke? Anyway, uh, I've always supported Benteke, but finally given up of hope of him becoming good again. Do the pod feel he can regain his form, or is he a busted flush, James? I'm, I'm, I'm one of the again. I'm the optimist. The positive. I'm like <laughs> any minute now. Um, it's great having him on here because I usually get accused of being too positive, don't I? So uh, I would. He's I, usurping me at the moment. I would love nothing more than to see him come good yeah. you know and you know what it actually ties back into what we're talking about the psychology of sport yes because it does it does feel like um i want to i want to share a yeah i'll share this story I, so there was do you remember when oh god I'm, I'm getting real pangs of there was a press conference where maybe you take this bit out i don't know there was a press conference and it was a journalist from a tabloid said to trevor francis uh, at his palace akimbai couldn't score and the journalist said have you tried putting Akinbai in front of an empty goal and to, to boost his confidence and your training, you'd have him. And Trevor Francis took the bait and went, yeah, we have actually, we've tried that. We've, we've put him in front of an empty goal and to try and boost his confidence. And then the next day, this particular tabloid, if memory serves, had a giant picture of a goal and it said something like, uh, anywhere in here will do or something. I mean, oh, dear. Brutal. <laughs> oh, he's chucked him out of the bus there a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean... I just think Trevor perhaps should have seen where they were going. What they were trying to get what from they that. they were trying to get from that. And they, and, and they got it. Um, <laughs> He's a confidence player, Benteke, though, isn't he? But the thing is, have we not, are we now not... It's, it almost feels like it's beyond that now, doesn't it? It's been, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been at least so, two seasons. I mean, it's been so long. Yeah. And your heart breaks for him. Yeah. It's oh. like watching your own son out there. Just... The, but I do feel there's so much... I know, I do think that Palace is, and I'm not just saying this, it's such a positive and supportive club in the way that, it sounds like I'm just saying that, but there is something about Palace that's so supportive that you don't get at other clubs. Yeah. And there, with Benteke, you could, you just sense everyone in the ground praying and <laughs> yeah, willing, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, other, I mean, other clubs' fans... Oh, they'd they, oh, they would have turned they would have, him fans would turned him off. Oh my god, they'd have, they'd have booed him off. That you know, the, the patience would have would have worn yeah. out. But Palace, there's so much love in that stadium. And I had, I, I'm sorry for name dropping. I had Dougie Freeman on the, the the podcast recently, and he he was 
he, he was talking about Palace and the, there is that community vibe. And it's not, that's not being too, maybe it's been a bit too cheesy, but but it's not that the, there is this real community feel and you do sense that if Benteke is to turn that corner, mm. if you, it doesn't matter where you are in the country, if you if you cup your ear, <laughs> you'll be able to hear the roar from Well, Stella. there was that lovely moment where they let him have the penalty against Leicester right. a couple of years ago, which was very nice. But what do you think, guys? Yeah, how long, Selzy, can we, <laughs> uh, can we keep I going? I think Benteke, aerially, if he's using his head... He's as good as anybody in the Premier League, but on the floor, he's looked very, very, very limited for a very long time. But the thing is, and you're not that confident. And I don't think also that perhaps the way I mean, the way we played under Alan Pardew would be generally to 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 get the ball wide and stick crosses in the box. But Roy's teams tend to play through the pitch a little bit more, and you. It was interesting because the the difference is. The sort of goal that Jordan Ayew scored um, for Palace against um, uh, Villa, wasn't it? The last home game. Yeah. I think since while Pardew was in charge, there were hardly any goals of the type where you would see the ball slid and played in behind people. People would be one-on-one with a keeper and and knock it by them. Everything was from crosses, really, generally. And, And... cross balls and and I think perhaps you know Benteke obviously thrives on that and I don't think he does ironically I I, probably someone like Dwight Gale who never really played in a 4-4-2 very much in in his time here would really probably benefit from from playing in Roy's team and would probably score quite a lot of goals I would imagine so his styles but all these things affect players you know confidence like we're saying playing styles you know, there are so many factors all the time that go into the mix that yeah. it's, it's probably not just one thing, but I think that's a big part of it. We, and we've, we've all fallen down those YouTube rabbit holes where you watch the old yeah. techie goals. Yeah. And th- the thing is, and I'm, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone, we all remember what an apps, and I use the word beast in the fondest way, we remember what a total yeah. beast the guy yeah. was. And, he, you know, he was just pinging it in from all over. I mean, he was there was a, there was a, a window where he was unplayable and I, I think we're all clinging to <laughs> but even in his first season at Palace he scored yeah. a lot of goals yeah that's right yeah yeah and was very good but, but there were a few flying volleys but we've never seen him score a goal at Palace like the one he scored against us for Aston Villa when where he, he robbed Scott, Scott Dan out and bent it round Julian in no, the corner they've been mostly headers you know, he's they? never scored a goal like that for us has he Christian uh, if you're listening yeah, then we get on you. it. We love you, Chris. We do love you, and you're absolutely right. Goals. That point about the community spirit is, is is very true, and it's very palace. It's lovely. Um, right. So, four questions from our listeners. Last week, I numbered all the questions and got you guys to uh, pick out a number. Not and us it, two. We not you two. Sorry, the, uh, Kevin and uh, Endicott. It feels very democratic, so I want to stick with it. So, uh, James, can you pick a number between one and sixty? I'll go for for Andy Johnson. I'll go for number eight. Number eight. That is from. Aidan Grant. Hi, Aidan. Are the Norwich City game? Of course, Norwich beating City 3 2. Mm. Do you agree that only the really good teams beat City 3 2 away? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we do agree with that, Aidan. <laughs> the, 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 I know Kevin's mentioned it, but the, was it, is it Pukey? The, uh, yeah, Norwich striker. I mean, you, it, it's impossible. I'm not, I'm not a jealous person, <laughs> but it is hard not to watch this guy who makes. Diego Maradona looks shit. <laughs> it's hard not to look at him and think, God, why? Who, who they got on a free? Oh, I mean, stop it. <laughs> it's sometimes I mean, we talk. Lucky. We talk about the 
recruitment a lot sells in maybe mm. maybe not today but I'm sure we'll at some point and, and, as the optimist I, I swear that January is going to be the month <laughs> it's going to be the it's month gonna be, this is the uh, window uh, for January 2017 we'll, we'll get to the 31st Lord, we sit there going we still haven't signed anybody do you think we're going to get anywhere tomorrow Oh no, we're happy with the squad. We're happy with the squad. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of players coming back from injury. I mean, they're going to make the signings themselves. Honestly, when Conor Wickham gets back to full fitness, oh, we're going to be fine. Uh, pick a number, please, Selzy. One to sixty. One to sixty. Twenty-seven. My birthday. Twenty-seven is from Matt Paul IG. Hi, Matt. He says two goals conceded all season, only to concede four in one game. Typical Palace. Yes, we're now the we're now the lowest scorers in the Premier League, rather than the best defensive record. Aren't Are we? we? I believe so, yes. But that doesn't come as a surprise, does doesn't it? doesn't come it's as a surprise. No, I didn't bat an eyelid when you said I, that. I, I half expected that, and that's why defensively we've got to be so sound because we're not going to score lots of goals. Yeah, and as soon as you get games where we're not or we concede early, like against Spurs, it's almost almost yeah. right off. It's, it's incredible that Palace have been as relatively successful as they've been in recent seasons, given that dearth of of goals yeah. this isn't a new problem is it yeah but James when we bought in Batshuayi last the end of last season from the transfer of the yeah. February the 1st transfer, we are the third best team in yeah. the Premier League I mean the impact you know, that's not a coincidence and Absolutely. we also yeah. had yeah. we also suddenly had I mean Bakary Sacco was here and although he didn't really feature it was another player that you had on the bench who you thought well don't mind throwing him on for Absolutely. 20 minutes and he might cause a bit of chaos and he can go past somebody my big concern is Wilfred at the moment for me is probably the only person we got that can go past anybody with the ball. Yep. Which is we need four more of those in your squad, really players that can carry the ball and go the, by people. Those with a bit of magic in their heels. And and we haven't got anybody yeah. who you would say is a prolific goal scorer. You know, I mean we're hoping that AU becomes the new Andy Johnson, the hard working, driven striker that's uh, that and he's done very well so far. He's fact, definitely sort of turned yeah. around his reputation with Palace fans, and if he gets ten goals this season, that's a good return. But you're that's not it. banking on him smashing him in each week. But that says everything, doesn't it? That we've gone from Andy Johnson getting, was it 32 that promotion season? I think it was 21 the season after. Yeah. And now we're, we've all got fingers and toes crossed that someone's going to yeah. hit double figures. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what I'm saying is ridiculous because obviously 20, 30 goal a season strikers are, I mean, Christ, if we knew how to find them, we'd all be multi-millionaires, yeah. wouldn't we? Yeah. Um, but I guess we are all clinging to the hope that Batshuayi is coming back in January. There was talk of it in the summer, wasn't there, Salesy? Yeah, it was it was something I know that they yeah, they looked at you. for sure. But with Chelsea's embargo, they weren't willing to. Sure. They, they only had Giroud, Abraham, and Batshuayi as their three options as centre forwards. So it was impossible really to to get it done. But I know, I mean, you know, not, he had a very good. At all, really, has he though? No, no he's gone. He had Tammy. a very good impact last season, and I. I I felt, and I was often sort of criticised during the year, you know, for, for 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 saying these things. I, you know, I didn't think there was too much wrong with us as a team last year. We didn't have a goal score, and the minute that that we started to convert those chances in the latter part of the season, then it it showed you that's where we are. And again, you know, I'm like a scratch record, but that 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 runs back to my sort of disappointment that you, he's a 35 million pound striker that we had on loan who. Who went back, and then obviously the sale of Wan Bissaka meant we lost eighty-five million pounds worth of players effectively there with those yeah. two players, and and we haven't replaced either. Cards on the is, table, Salesy. Yeah. Cards on the table. Do you think there's any chance of him coming back in in January, or is 
Chelsea's uh, uh, ban embargo still factor. Mm. If the the embargo's still in place, they're trying to appeal to get this one lifted for January, aren't they now? But if they don't, he won't. If they do, I'm sure we'll try. If every Palace fan can uh, write this petition to get that embargo... (laughs) Yes, come on. Come on, football authorities. It's so unfair on Chelsea. I've been saying it for ages. It's actually quite nice. Not that I have any ounce of love for Chelsea particularly, especially when they got rid of me as a schoolboy, but I'm not bitter. (laughs) It was only 30... uh, It's good that you've let it go. Yeah, it was only 33 years ago, so I'm I'm all right with it. Um, No, I've no love for them really, but it's great to see that actually, given the embargo, that they're going to have to use all these, sure. and they are using these and, young and it's working. English players in, or British players that they've bought um, they've bought through and stuff. And, Although I've just know. put Mason Mount in my fantasy team, so he will stop scoring goals. <laughs> uh, James, pick a number again, please. Uh, 17. 17. Can't you do bingo calling and, you know, call out? Well, what's, what's 17? I don't know what it is. No, no I, I was going to no. say. Uh, it's from Jeffrey Gomez. Gomez. And he says, a few pods ago, you said Palace are set up in a way that makes heavy defeats unlikely. <laughs> it does sound like something we Who say. Who is that, you or me? Probably me. Oh. With this in mind, what went wrong on Saturday? I and mean, we sort of covered that. Yeah. yeah. We? Well, the heavy defeats are unlikely. I mean, we weren't beaten by greater than a two-goal two goal margin, margin all last season. season yeah. yeah. So that that's true. I mean, it's not just an opinion. That's a fact. You know, it's yeah. not a... Um, you know, it, they are... You know, I think... Um, Pochettino, I saw his press conference actually on Saturday and I think he somebody asked him a question about oh, Palace have a reputation for being difficult to play against for the top six teams and he said it's not a reputation, it's reality. They are, hence why they've achieved those results. So don't say reputation, it's real. So Thanks, uh, Poch. So Poch has answered the question for us really but that's... Uh, that's right. He, oh. Poch falls into that bracket of uh, opposing managers. It's all right to love, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean, yeah. Some he's, managers yeah. you love to hate. You it, can't hate. No, po- no. He's, You've got to love Pochettino. No, he's, yeah. His teams are very difficult to play against. He normally, nearly always, second half. Not that he had to this weekend. He finds a way when his team is behind of of correcting things or or changing things. He's, he's tactically very astute. I think. And out of possession, as I said to Jim on the podcast on Saturday night, you know, they, I mean, I think they had 64% possession and conceded 19 fouls because out of possession, every time you've got the ball, they'll give away a cheap foul and stop you and you'll yeah. never be able to counter on them or get any real flow in the game. Have you have you heard that he, what, this thing that he's into, en- Energia Universal? Have you read that? <laughs> no. He believes in universal energy. If you're if you're listening. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I. I so I, he might be feeding this podcast now that we're talking about him. This is honestly, I'm so. If you if you could see my audible <laughs> collection, this is so up my street. This sort of thing. So if you want a bit of light reading, if you Google Maurizio Pochettino, and I will be reading more on this. Energia Universal, so it's all about universal energy. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm well into Pops that. Getting very highbrow. I'm loving that. No, I love. I love all that. I said for the second time. Universal energy. Love that. Uh, right, last couple then. Sells it. Pick us a number. Um, number one. Number one. <laughs> From Nick Shepherd. Hi, Nick. He says, oh. "Have we turned the corner into a roundabout?" 
Um, I mean, that's a great gag. Thanks, Nick. Great. Every turn of the corner, we get that every week. Oh, do you really? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like we're going round in circles and treading water a little bit at the moment. It does feel a bit like that, right, yeah. doesn't it? We know we can be doing better. Although, as you say, we've got these two home games coming up, one of which we'll preview in a minute, where hopefully we will turn things around. Last number then for our guest, James. Uh, 27. So we've had, we've that. had that. Have we? 37. 37. <laughs> From Chaz Lucas. Chaz. Good old Chaz. Chazmeister. Have our performances warranted the points total we currently have? That's a really good point. Actually. A good when there, was that, there was that brief time when Palace were fourth. Uh, was it, it was last week, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And there was a feeling of... I mean, it lasted for two weeks, in fact. Yeah, two, international, two, break. international break. <laughs> but there were, in terms of that uh, universal energy, there was that feeling of, well, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. Um, yeah, I know what he means. But then uh, I think Kevin made the point that, was it match of the day, they didn't show the table for the first six games yeah. so we need, it is what it is, it is, it? What it also, is. also there's there's one thing you said about things evening themselves out over the season I think that's bollocks I don't, <laughs> really yeah I, do, I really do I, I, I've I, when I when I when I was covering Palace I came to this conclusion that that is nonsense that these things even themselves out and I categorically do not think that they do because that's I really think that is that's such wishy-washy what and that things just happen? Things that happen happen. Some, I mean, there are some seasons where, for whatever reason, by the end of the season, it, it's been brutal. You never got the rub of the green. Things didn't go your way, and so on. But, and then obviously the opposite is also true. So I don't think that I don't think that from say August to May, you get to May and you look back and you go, well, that was all karmically equal. <laughs> um, no, I wish that was such a thing. No, I don't. but universal energy. You're on board with. Yes, please. Yes, I may yeah. be massively I, contradicting myself. I, I do. I do think when we watch the game. And I check myself all the time with this. You yeah. watch the game and you think you saw what you saw and you have an opinion based after the game on what you think you saw and so on. And then once you go away and you study it again and you look at a few facts and things like that, actually, you you know, one of my pals laughed when I was on the way here and I was talking to him in the car and I said, we actually had more shots on target than Tottenham on Saturday. And he said, no. I said, we did. Did it we? didn't feel like it, did it? But the thing is, it didn't sh- actually feel like it. But a lot of those shots might have been tantamount to pass. Yes. No, <laughs> yeah, no, they, and they were. But they were. But it's, you know, it, because you're blown away so early in the game, you can't, yeah. You know, you lose all perspective anyway. You know, you're almost, your head's already zoned out, hasn't it? But I do, I do also think that you're, based on experience, based on watching lots of games, your gut reaction usually is correct. It's, yeah, I think so. Yeah, normally. But it's just, it's a series of moments, isn't it? You know, the best team doesn't always win because Norwich wouldn't have been able to beat Manchester City on Saturday so if that was the case, would they? John Harbin, the former fitness coach, yes. sport, back to sports psychology. Yeah. Part of the, he, he's from a rugby league background and he, from, from Australia and then over here. And he said one of his great attractions to football, and this is so true, is that football is probably the only sport where the, the worst team can can still win, yeah, and that's that's probably not true in interesting. Any, but how can you how can you legislate for some of the things that go? It's if you're if you're watching Arsenal Watford on Sunday, Arsenal have been caught in possession, playing out from the back two or three times and had real let offs beforehand, and they end up conceding the most ridiculously cheap goal City did on Saturday as well. And my question is, I mean, and I'm I'm a purist and like teams to play. But what what's the risk versus the reward in this yeah. situation? So so that um, Socrates yeah. had been able to achieve that pass that was cut out for the goal. Sure. 
the the net result would have been that whoever was receiving it would have turned on the edge of their own D and still been 100 yards from the opposition's goal. Yep. It's hardly that they're bearing down on goal and they're going to score at the other God, end. It reminds the, me of Frank de Boer being in charge of Palace. The, the risk is... <laughs> The risk, yeah, it's all right. Right, listen, we've erased that memory. Uh, yeah, I just, Who? I Who? just, I just watch a couple of the games when I've got insomnia generally, and it sorts I've, it out. I've right. sort of done the same though. Yeah, you sort of forget that. <laughs> like when you said his name out loud, I went, "Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah right. that guy." Oh yeah, that Do was a thing that. That, that yeah. was a thing that actually happened. <laughs> you know? Right, lads, we have to crack on because I'm really Sorry, yeah. running out of time. Uh, thank you for your questions. In part five, part five, part four, part five, we're going to do a really, really quick preview of Wolves. Right, welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Lads, we are running out of studio time. So really quickly, James, uh, Wolves game on Sunday. Uh, same lineup as the weekend and quick prediction. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Quick prediction, 3-0 Palace win. Like that. Oh, I'll tell you what, because we've talked about him and universal energy. <laughs> it's Benteke. Can I... <gasps> Maybe. Oh, oh well, we, we've put that energy out there now into the, into the ether. Will it well, come back, Chelsea? Well, if he scores, it can all be on us then, can't There we go. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. Back, yeah, yeah. I don't think he'll play. I think it, I think he might bring in Max, possibly. Yeah, I mean, Schluppy I, yeah, back out wide sure. again. Absolutely. For a home game, Chelsea. Well, I know you've talked about this before. Will Will Max be the player that we all think he? <sighs> no, I, uh, I, so. I hope really? so. I really hope so. I don't think so. I don't. Go on. What? How come? I, 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 I said before. I just think those lads that are. You know the the technical and nice footballers like he is, and we've made these comparisons to very similar built players. They struggle generally in the Premier League, and I don't know what Max's position is really. And I know there are lots of fans that say if he's a number ten, I don't think he scores enough goals. If he's a wide player, I don't think he goes past people. And defensively, I don't think he can play in central midfield as such. So it's a struggle to know how best to use him. One. Sure. Uh, despite his technical ability and his gifts and two people sort of say oh we should be building a team around players like this but he hasn't really done enough for you to be able to make those kind of remarks well hopefully he will soon that's that's the end of the podcast can I just throw out one more retro name as to who'd be wonderful right now arguably my favourite ever footballer Ivan Caviedes no peak peak Michael Hughes. Yeah, Hughesy. Hughesy. Yeah. Could Water. do as a Hughesy. Yeah. What a player. Did you see the Cult Heroes video that Grio did with him? No. Oh, yes, I did. Yes. Oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. Lads, this is it. End of the pod. Thank you for being here. James, thanks for coming on the Can't pod. Thank Been... you enough for having oh, me. Thank you very it's much. It's been absolutely wonderful having you on. We'll definitely have you on again. And Selzy. Uh, Yes, thank you very much. I like talking about 4-0 defeats, but at least the company was good. It and was we'll be, very highbrow today. It was, so I enjoyed I'm, it. Uh, it felt, I'm, I'm feeling good. It felt, also, you wouldn't think that we'd lost 4-0. It was so no, positive. That's <laughs> your influence there. And with that universal energy as well going out, hopefully, Palace can return a win on Sunday. Thank you for listening. There'll be a post-match pod uh, for our patrons, of course, after the game on Sunday. And then we'll be back with the main pod next week. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you again soon. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. 
Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Sports Social Podcast Network.